Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ah, good morning. It is Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on your Friday. John Schreiner, Jimmy Chavez. Oh, boy. We've got the Super Bowl on Sunday. We've got a good weekend of college basketball, including both in-state teams. The, as Sharpie likes to call them, Red Nebraska, Blue Nebraska at home tomorrow. Oh, that place is going to be loud tomorrow. Which one? All of them. Could you, you guys see Casey? Uh, he had a, a video, kind of an awkward video, to uh, <laughs> encourage uh, fans to get out to PBA tomorrow. They need, they need uh, their help to beat Wisconsin, according to Casey. Now, I was talking more about the Chai, but... You're talking about Blue Nebraska yeah, and UConn. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to be sweet. Baxter's going to be loud for Omaha hockey. You know what's great to say about that UConn matchup now, too? Is it's actually a top 25 matchup because just kind of like sneakily, Creighton moved into the top 25 here at number 23. So you've got 23rd ranked Creighton taking on 21st ranked UConn. UConn looked great against Marquette. First time in a long time that they've looked like the team that... Back in December, we thought, ooh, yeah, they, they're like uh, you know, Villanova without Jay Wright. Okay, here comes UConn. Can Creighton take them down? So tomorrow, it's huge for the regular season standings and trying to win that regular season title in the Big East from a seeding standpoint. But yeah, big game atmosphere. Look, it's, there, are, there are some blue blood programs throughout the country. Jimmy, you know this better than anybody. Kansas. Uh, Duke. Oh, yeah, I heard of them. Kentucky. Like, their big game, game day atmospheres are, I think, in their own neighborhood and always will be. It doesn't suck. But Creighton, when they've got a lot on the line, when they are a good team and a good team is coming in. Well, it's such a big arena. It is. And it can get loud. And they can hold their own. The Xavier game on the pink out was awesome. was phenomenal. So tomorrow, that should be a lot of fun. Uh, Nebraska-Wisconsin, hey, you know what? This is a game that it's a game. is Between that's two what we teams can say. that wear red. And Wisconsin it is, is a desperate. a basketball contest. But I'm, I'm curious to see because at home, it's not a Wisconsin team that will overwhelm you. You know, Chucky Hepburn, obviously, that's always an emotional game for him to come back. But this isn't a great Wisconsin team. They're gettable. And here's what we also know. Nebraska fans will show up. They will be there. They will be loud if that Penn State victory last week, the PBA last Sunday, is any indication. They'll be there. They'll be there to support them. Casey trying to drive the the point home yesterday. (laughs) While not getting back on defense. (laughs) We had a lot of people that were – Hitting us up in the JTEC construction zone Twitter feed yesterday, say like trying to make a case of like KC is actually getting better defensively. I'm like, oh, okay. So he went from when he's not celebrating. Oh, like so he went from horrible to bad. No, I'm sorry. It, you know, hey, you got to know your strengths, right? Got to know. Well, your that's strengths. an improvement, right? Mm-hmm. It's getting better from horrible to bad. Yeah. That's I think that's you're not wrong. That's something. Um, so yeah, you've got some big hoops, uh, some big uh, matchups in the Big Twelve as well because that race is. 
very tight. And I feel like, and not because, you know, Jimmy, who did the uh, radio call for so long for Kansas women, I don't feel like we're, we're homering the Big 12. I feel like even here in Nebraska, we always keep our eye on the Big 12 because I, I feel like... You people know, our age and older yeah. still, come on. You know when people always talk about, yeah, those were, those were simpler times. I feel like we still kind of look at the Big 12 and be like, gosh, man. Big could, 12 was fun. drive to so many yeah. games. When I say simpler times, it was like Nebraska hoops was dominating the Big 12, but loved going to Lawrence, loved going to Manhattan, loved going to Ames. Even the occasional drive to an Oklahoma college town was fun. Speaking of Oklahoma, Texas, hey, good for them. But um, so yesterday we heard from really the, the final uh, group of coaches uh, for Matt Rule, and that was Bob Wager, tight ends coach, uh, the former longtime high school football coach in Texas, and Garrett McGuire. And a lot of the conversation of Garrett McGuire was sort of his age and how that can be an advantage, or I think maybe even some people be like, you know, advantage or disadvantage. And there's a lot of things about Garrett McGuire's age and the age of the wide receiving room that is fascinating. But so I'm listening to, first of all, listening to Garrett McGuire speak. I don't think any of us will ever forget when Garrett McGuire's birthday month is. Because I can't count how many times people are saying, yep, 23 will be 24 this month. <laughs> and we'll always remember, oh, they did a lot of the conversation in the, the coach's car wash in February. So I don't know exactly what day it is, but I know it's in February. I know that Garrett McGuire will turn 24 in February. And next year and the following year, we'll just say happy birth month to Garrett McGuire. But, you know, he's talking about sort of his philosophies and, you know, talking about just uh, it really being candid, I thought. Uh, as he said, you know, I think he used the words, um, kind of felt like he's drinking out of the fire hose when it came to transitioning from Carolina to Nebraska and getting that that full-time position. But there was one, like, example, and it was right before he spoke, that this is where I do think it's it's interesting and it it's it's kind of cool as far as the age gap between Garrett McGuire and the and the guys that he's going to be overseeing and the fact that he considers a guy in that room as a very good friend and a good teammate in Joshua Fleeks that they're essentially the same age and that they played together that's weird. But also kind of cool. He's talking about before he did the, the presser yesterday, he was just watching some film and it wasn't a, a scheduled meeting with the wide receivers, but just said, hey, guys, I, I got honey buns, I got Pop-Tarts, and, I, and I'm watching uh, some game film. You guys want to come in and hang out? Is that training table approved? <laughs> I know. Are honey buns and Pop-Tarts That's the first thing I thought approved? of, too. I'm like, ah, uh, that's not on the note card. This meal brought to you by diabetes. Yeah. I don't think that's uh, something that the nutritionists are encouraging, but it, I just thought it was kind of funny because you would typically like, hey, you know, we're playing some Madden over here. Got a bunch of snacks. Who's in? Like, that's kind of like how he was Got some nacho cheese Doritos. Yeah. Got some fruit by the hey, foot. Come might, on over. We might do some gaming, guys. I don't know. But, like, just say, hey, doors open. Gushers who, are where it's at. Who wants to step on in and watch a little film and uh, who, eat some junk food? Who's bringing the Dunkaroos? Yeah. Anybody? Who's bringing the Dunkaroos? <laughs> <laughs> the crustables oh crustables so here's what i thought listening to garrett mcguire he sounds even younger than i imagined he would sound yeah right he sounds a little bit 
like a frat bro. The first that young. Answer, I thought you were in, going more for the no, guess what, guess what, which you guys In his first positive. answer, he's, he used the phrase, let's freaking roll. Like, I, I just started Pop laughing. Pop his collar. Like, but you know what? And you're, you're not wrong, but you know what? I feel like that resonates now. I do. I feel yeah, like maybe. I feel like the the younger players, especially some of your incoming freshmen and sophomores. He said, "These are my guys. Let's freaking roll." Yeah, like I, I if the thing, and he even <laughs> he even acknowledged this. The thing that's going to be like the biggest challenge, especially with guys that are closer to his age. And I mentioned Fleeks, who he played with, is having that fine line of a guy that you could kind of bro out with, but a guy that when he is trying to teach you, he is trying to. Uh, put you in position as a coach would for a player, that there is that respect level, that there is that, you know what, this is our dude, we we kind of know where we stand with him, but we also know that at the end of the day, this is my position coach and i got to respect that. And that, I think, was the first thing that a lot of people would say is concerning, is how are these guys going to respond to him when he's trying to get in their chili and motivate them? And then that goes to the, the other question of what are your motivating tactics? Because when I think of a 24-year-old trying to motivate a 19- or 20-year-old, you're not playing drill sergeant. You can't. No. And I don't think Matt Rule wants that, and I don't think Matt Rule would have brought him in if he doesn't think that his style, and given that he does come from a coaching family, that his style wouldn't mesh with the college athlete today. Now, look, every coach is always going to have some friction with a couple of players. That's inevitable. But the group overall, can they respect him to where they feel comfortable? Because at the end of the day, again, this is Marcus Satterfield's offense. He's going to be the law when it comes to that. And I'm not trying to say Marcus Satterfield is also kind of like a dictator. But he's going to be the guy where you look at a lot of these position coaches, they are that that extension of the, the OC. They are that branch. They are that bridge. Okay, so is anybody confused of what Marcus is talking about? Okay, here's what he's talking about. Here's what we need out of you guys. When he was talking about the offense, I I thought this was also interesting where everybody kind of has their own unique experiences with one another, but the offense is sort of a combination of everything that they've all been a part of. Sure. Where when they're talking, as he said, we're kind of speaking in tongues right now, but it all hits our brain the same way. So, And it goes back to what we've heard from day one. And I'm trying to remember who the first coach, first assistant coach that spoke outside of the coordinators. I think it was, I think it was EJ Barthol, and I think it was uh, Evan Cooper. And they started that trend of align, we're aligned, we're aligned. And I think that's very true. But even listening to the youngest of the staff and Garrett McGuire talking about how sort of that hodgepodge of styles that all are kind of a combination of everything they've all been a part of, still like makes sense to all of them. And so the next step is getting that language relatable to everybody on the offense, but it, it, for Garrett McGuire's situation for that wide receiving room. If he can do that, and these guys respect not only the concepts that they're trying to teach, but also the, sort of the follow-through on it, I, I really could see his age actually being an advantage for him it, you could be right there um the only thing i'll say is for a young guy Garrett mcguire's got coach speak down already because in a lot of the questions a lot of the questions he was asked i didn't feel like i actually learned anything from his answer 
Um, he he gave you a lot of words without revealing very much, mm-hmm. right? Didn't uh, like a lot of times didn't really answer the question he was asked. Just gave you some thoughts about some things, which is, I mean, that's the playbook for coach speak, right? That's that's what you do in the press conference, and especially if it's if it's all sort of new and you don't really have a lot of experience yet, you don't actually know what you've got because you haven't actually seen them on the practice field yet. So he's got that part down, which, hey, if you're that young and and maybe he's been, I'm sure he's been coached up by the other coaches on how to conduct press conferences and what you're supposed to say and what you're not supposed to say. And he's been around a coach and his father his entire life, which Mm -hmm. he he mentioned a couple of times in there. But again, I listened to that, that presser and I don't think I learned a whole lot. I, I, there was there was a lot in there. Then he definitely has it down. But I, there wasn't a lot of substance for me. You mentioned the the hit about you know making everything jive. That was maybe the biggest thing was the interplay between these coaches as they're building relationships among themselves. And that's kind of all I took away from it, honestly. Yeah, and I you're not wrong. And I'm not trying to say like oh, I was so impressed. I I just I wanted to hear him talk, but more than anything, I wanted to hear about if. The the age part was just like beating a dead horse where he's like, I get it. I'm about to become 24. There are players on this roster that are also about to become 24. Like, I get it. Like, he didn't shy away from it. And I, I think he did give you a glimpse on how that could work. And that, that's why I kind of brought up that example of, hey, guys, I'm just watching some film. Come on in, eat some junk food, and let's uh, let's let's chill. Netflix and chill day, <laughs> film and film and chill day. Like, I, I don't know, like initially, like, roll. like, yeah, like old school, old school uh, mentality guy in myself would say, oh, I don't like this. These guys going to run all over them. But a Matt ruling can let that happen. B Mark Satterfield ain't going to let that happen. And I think that there is something to be said when you do have, uh, and it, like guys, let's, let's call it what it is. The wide receiving position and that group for Nebraska is unique because you've got a lot of interesting – we're talking about Super Bowl storylines. You're talking about the wide receiving room storylines for Nebraska. you got Xavier Betts and Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda. Who both basic, left the program and came back. Yeah, left the program and returned. So there's that. Then you've got – you know, I think Marcus Washington's going to be an interesting study because he could very well be uh, the, the top dog this year. Billy Kemp. Billy Kemp, a, a guy with experience, a guy who's coming from a, a tragic end to his time at Virginia with what happened with some of his teammates. You've got some very young. Alante Brown, where does he fit in? Yeah, I mean, is that kind of your, your leader? Joshua Fleeks, a guy, again, who has a connection not only with Matt Rule, but also to McGuire. And then you've got these young, like I, I think of a Janarian Bonner, a guy that we're waiting that very well could be uh, take a big jump here in year two in his time in Nebraska, and then some very interesting incoming freshmen. There's a lot of interesting storylines with this wide receiving room. So I think initially you'd be like, okay, you need someone who's seen it all that can facilitate that. But then there's the part of me that says it's maybe not his job to facilitate that. That is, again, going back to the OC. That is going back to the head coach on how much of a role he wants to have with the offense. And I know Matt Rule probably going to be spending a little bit more time with the old line. But I think you bring someone into this position knowing that you're going to have 
I don't know how much they knew about the Garcia cast data in Xavier Betts situation when they hired Gary McGuire. That just adds to what is uh, an interesting wide receiving room, but could be potentially very good. I think All it's I'm really saying important. Is, I, th- I think it's I th- maybe I'm crazy, but I think it's low risk, high reward. I think it's very important that they brought in Billy Kemp and they have Washington. Those are two and, guys and, and Fleeks too. Right. Those are those are guys who've seen a ton of football. Mm-hmm. They've played a bunch of games in their career, and they can sort of set the tone for the room. Yeah. Without that really young, really inexperienced position coach having to direct traffic. Mm-hmm. The entire time he can sort of take cues from guys who've been there and done it already and you know maybe give them of like okay you need to to keep the room in line a little bit uh as a sort of a you know peer accountability situation with and i think kemp washington and fleets are huge in that regard yeah i I would agree uh we'll talk a little bit more about bob wagger and uh, again a guy that we finally found out what he's making and uh good on him uh, getting that promotion from being a longtime high school coach in Texas, which isn't any kind of a, a job to thumb your nose at either, but you're already seeing his recruiting efforts pay off for Nebraska. What will he be at the tight end position? We'll get back to that later. But coming up next, last week, Sharpie and I had a chance to talk with former Colorado Buffalo and former Pittsburgh Steeler Chad Brown. Talked about the Super Bowl, talked about Coach Prime. We are going to play that for you as we get ready for Super Bowl Sunday. We're back with that and more here in Mornings with Sharp and Hanley, 1620 The Zone. All right, speaking of the Super Bowl, this year the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Download FanDuel now and use promo code ZONE so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. Anytime touchdown for Travis Kelsey, anytime touchdown for Patrick Mahomes would be what they call maybe the smart money. But you do you. And it's all on a top-rated sportsbook app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today with promo code ZONE to claim your no-sweat-first bet on Super Bowl 57. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21-plus and present in Iowa. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable. Bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.